This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy birthday to Wayne Gretzky. is 62 years old today. It is also Vince Carter's birthday, but we do not wish him a happy birthday, not on this show. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And yes, he had a massive impact on the Raptors and on basketball in Canada, but he also quit on the team. So uh, this is one of my favorite sports hates out there is Vince Carter. I imagine, producer Josh, you were too young uh, to really feel the sting of when Vince Carter quit on this team. Yeah, that was probably before my watching time throughout the NBA because it went from his days from 1998. Uh, yep. Multiple all-star appearances led this team to their first playoff win. Like There were so many so many historic st- historical marks for the team when Vince Carter was here. But yes. I, I did not see it. I was two years old between the rifts when he eventually made his way to New Jersey and um, how much backlash there was towards him when he returned to Toronto. Um, all of the booing. It was a great party. The, the hatred towards him. I, I usually don't use that word often, but there was some sports hatred, as you said. Oh, yeah, lots of sports hate. It comes down to this. It was a great party. Oh, it was a great party until it wasn't. And it, it started slowly where you could tell he was just getting a little upset and he didn't, and he was, he, he kept Every time when he got hit, it felt like he got shot. And then he said once, oh, I'm not going to dunk the ball anymore. And you yeah. can feel, you know, and then he, he's making demands for this and this. And he's, it was almost like he was trying to alienate himself from Raptors management. And for anyone who thinks he didn't quit, just go back and look at Vince Carter's numbers that last half season in Toronto. Yeah. Then go look at the numbers he put up with as a member of the Nets. And suddenly he's going to the free throw line, getting more rebounds, scoring more. That was a tank job by Vince Carter in his final days here in Toronto. So, Matt, looking at this from a fan who's watched the NBA for a good while, who's like looked back at the whole history, Raptors fans jeered him like for the entire time. But now it's like when he came back, when he was about to go to retirement um, with the Hawks before COVID. why was there such a like an uproar, uh, a good uproar? Like, oh, Vince because Carter's time. back in town. There's you know a buzz here. He's an all-time can, Raptor. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. I can tell you. Okay. It's very simple. They won a title. Mm-hmm. They, won, they won the title in 2019. We were delivered the ultimate sports happy by Kawhi Leonard, by Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse and, and Siakam and Van Vliet. And then, and then, and then, add time heals all wounds for so many sports fans. Not me, but for so many other sports fans, and that's why he got a more positive reception. Yeah. And then there was the talks when, when I remember when Kyle Lowry tried to recruit him back to retire oh. as a Raptor. It didn't end up yeah. like didn't end up, end up happening, but uh, it was a disappointment. The rise and fall of a guy who who made his mark in Toronto, Air Canada. That's that's some big names. But oh, yeah. there's so many fans that are disappointed and uh, won't turn back and won't really respect him in the same way. But can't can't discredit how good of a player he was. Oh no, the first, uh, that's why I said on the front end, he was an incredible player. Did a lot for basketball around here. 
But, uh, yeah, now my sports hate, uh, Vince Carter, is absolutely on that list. So we celebrate Wayne Gretzky's birthday today, the guy whose records are still absolutely ridiculous. Before we get into the Leafs and the Raptors and an impressive win by the Raptors, a game you probably didn't watch, we're here to help you with that in a little bit. There was a crazy moment in college basketball. We don't do a lot of college basketball on this show until March Madness. And normally we're not going to be talking about uh, uh, Loyola, Chicago. Who are they playing? Uh, Duquesne? I can never pronounce it. It is Duquesne, yeah. Hey, I got it right! University, wow! Yeah, yeah, wow. look at that. Every now and then. That deserves then. that deserves a cheer. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I, I I hit the bare minimum when you set the when you set the uh, standard low. It's easy to cross over that. It, board. it wasn't a bad guess. No, it wasn't. It was, but I trust me. Some of the other thoughts I had in my head of what it was would have been embarrassing. So at this basketball game, there's an Uber each driver with a bag of Mickey D's. And he looks like he's lost. He's walking around the arena. And then he spooks out the refs because he's like, he's basically wandering onto the court with food, uh, with McDonald's food. And then the refs had to, uh, they delayed the game a little bit. And apparently this, like we were wondering, is this story true or not? But first, let's, let's hear it. Here is the audio of the Uber, Uber Eats driver, Mickey D's delivery. Take over 10 minutes before we get a stoppage, and we've got an official's timeout. And somebody came on the floor <laughs> on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something there. He's carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time I, I'm greats. actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the I truth. I think that's what's happening. This guy's in the corner. looked like he... Was he going to deliver the, the McDonald's to somebody on the court? Can we rule that out? He's a, <laughs> I mean, I think that's an Uber Eats sticker. Is that I, what that is? I'm trying to get confirmation. Uh, Uber yeah. Eats, yes. Maybe I'll put my hand up. I'm getting a little hungry. You can bring it over here. So we saw the stoppage. The, the man was usher. Let's see if we can see this. No, this is going to be the turnover. In the there court. he is. There, right there, there he is. Quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this guy's actually, who's he delivering it to? The ref. The, the, the ref said later. Give it to me later. Not I mean, now. Philip Alston's done a lot. I didn't think he needed a Big Mac for sustenance in the middle of the game. I know, but I'm not, well, the official out there, Tim, he, he distanced him like, I didn't say now. Later. That's got to be unbelievable. That's got to be something that the highlight shows are going to have a blast with. <laughs> so the biggest scandal. Uh, it was actually a DoorDash delivery driver ah. wandered on the court, and there's so many question marks that the referee had to stop the game. There he is. Yeah. Plays going on. <laughs> so the, the 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 biggest loser here is first DoorDash because Uber Eats gets all that free publicity instead of DoorDash. We don't know if this is true or fake. This could have been a fake thing done to try to get free publicity. Same way Wendy's had that guy uh, eating French toast in the subway. Thankfully, that individual was not assaulted, like it seems everyone else is on the TTC. Yes, who got it delivered and what was the delivery. Also, I'd be insulted if I was part of the uh, food and beverage hospitality team at that arena. And then finally, how the hell did that guy get in there? How did he get through security? This feels like it was a cooked story. Yeah, this seems That's like there. Like yeah, it seems like there's some some fake going on. Loyola yeah. Chicago's assistant athletics director 
uh, Austin Hansen, he shared his own footage on like his angles from out the game. And then supposedly uh, he was wearing a, a microphone on his shirt, and it was a fake scene for some, for some clout. Those are the words of uh, assistant director of Loyola Chicago's team. So, yeah. um, what a shakeup. If you read the comments there, Matt, on, on some of these posts, it's like, this is the biggest scandal ever. Who is this guy? Why is McDonald's on a basketball court? Why is he walking in the middle of the court? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. It's, it's a cooked story, but I hope it is true. By the way, shout out to uh, Dario Santilli, uh, who tweets in, happy birthday to Wayne Gretzky, Vince Carter, and me. Dario, I'm in good company. No, I would not have read this tweet, but then he finished it with hashtag, I don't forgive Vince. Good for you, Dario. It's good that there are still many of us out there clinging on to our hate. The opposite of hate is love. I loved what I saw last night from the Raptors, and that is the subject of today's opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Usually, I try to do some big-picture topic for the opening thought. But today, let's go micro and focus on the Raptors' 113-95 win over Sacramento. In fact, let's go extra micro and focus just on the third quarter. That saw Toronto hold the best scoring team in the NBA to 17 points. Coming into last night, the Kings were 7-1 in their last eight, averaging just under 130 points a game while shooting over 52%. So think of this as a public service to you, Raptor fans who missed last night's game. I mean, it started at 10, this happened after 11, who was still awake then? Now, I had so little faith in the Raps' defense, I bet the over for last night. I felt great about it. Toronto had been one of the worst defensive teams this past month. And the Kings had just come off hanging a 133 spot on the Grizzlies in their last game. A super easy bet, the over, right? Well, I was loud wrong. And you know what? I'm glad I was. And the funny thing is, the the third quarter started like it was going to be a disaster. Keegan Murray gets a layup on a beautiful cut away from Siakam and an even a better pass from DeMontis Sabonis. By the way, that would have been his highlight. Uh, Soon after that, Sabonis had an easy dunk. No Raptors were contesting him. He had a De'Aaron Fox jumper. And very early on in that third quarter, it looked like we were going to go down that same old road where Nick Nurse will get upset when a reporter triggers him by using the word effort. But then after that, something switches defensively, and it was glorious. You know, you got like a Harrison Barnes turnover. Starts with great man-on-man D by Siakam. And then Barnes there to help with the steal. Sabonis getting OG Ananobi drawing a charge on Sabonis. And it was about to be the worst game of his season, Sabonis. And the theme of everyone helping is now alive. Fred Van Vliet with a steal on, yep, you guessed it, Sabonis. And Ananobi starting it by forcing him out of his comfort zone. Van Vliet sliding in on the doubles and stealing the ball. A little bit after that, De'Aaron Fox sensing that no one was had it. That he was going to have to try to do it alone. He forced up this eight-footer despite three separate hands in his face. Fox was determined to shoot. Raps were determined to make his life difficult. Then 30 seconds later, Van Vliet played the role of ball-hawking safety. 
Barnes bothering Sabonis. Barnes making Sabonis want to get rid of the ball, and Fred knew it, and he easily was able to stand in front of the pass and go to his team-high four steals. Gary Trent Jr. getting a steal. Uh, like Go over and over. And then finally, around three and a half minutes, we have that Brett Maher, Bahar, Mar. I can't pronounce Brett's last name. Uh, the, the kicker for the Cowboys. Remember during uh, the game, the playoff game against Tampa, we all started feeling bad for him? Well, I started feeling bad for DeMontis Sabonis. With three and a half minutes left, he's wide open. He's got the ball near the free throw line. No one's around him. He doesn't know what to do with the ball. Forces a bad entry pass uh, to the post. Boom, turnover, 22-6 run for the Raps. The quarter ends with a Chris Boucher block of a trail, Trey Lyles three-pointer. Raps are up by 17, and the game is over. And you see that entire quarter, the Raptors are communicating, contesting, helping each other, swarming when needed. They made life miserable for a group of very talented offensive players. Sabonis had as many turnovers as he had points. This was the team, this Raptors team that we saw last night, we saw in that third quarter. That was the team we've all known and loved for the last couple of years. We've not seen that version very much. Certainly not this past month. This year has felt like you know, you're in the middle of a rough patch with your spouse. You love her or him. He loves you. It's been nothing but a blissful marriage. But then troubles at home, financial issues, stress with children. And you look up and you realize you two have been fighting for the past six months and everything's been rocky. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry for this analogy. I'm just getting through the first season of White Lotus. Holy Lord, the dysfunction. Well, last night was that moment when you two reconnect. You have that great night and all that negativity just seems to melt away. And yes, I know it was just one game. And the West Coast swing could be a disaster. For, for, but for at least one night, it was nice to recognize that team that we've all loved for so long. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Like, you just saw it over and over again. Every steal was not about one Raptor doing their job. Not it at was all. usually No, it was usually a minimum of two or three, everyone doing their job, everyone swarming, everyone communicating, and just it was turnover after turnover they forced. It was a fantastic game by the Raptors. Uh, major media publications saw this and said, wow. The swarming defense, this is what the Raptors have. And it's only yeah. the second time this year the Kings were held under 100 points. And for a team who averages the most points in the NBA this season, that speaks numbers. And yeah. you're pressuring DeMontis Sabonis, who does not turn the ball over all that often, who's forcing De'Aaron Fox to take bad shots, and then getting out on the shooters like Malik Monk, Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter. Yes, Kevin Herter was probably the bright spot in that game for the Kings, but... There's a lot of positives to take out. And then on the offensive side, Pascal Siakam, he wasn't backing down no. at all last night. Fred Van Vliet oh, no, making some shots. Yep. OG Ananobi, who received praise from teammate Fred Van Vliet, got a lot there. So when you play defense like that, it will translate to your offensive side. Do we have the breaking, the sports center breaking news sounder? Do you have that anywhere within your possession? producer Josh. I'd say I'll play it right now. This just in, I should have cleared my throat before doing this. This just in, the Carolina Panthers have hired ex-Colts coach Frank Reich as their new 
head coach. So Frank Reich gets fired by the Indianapolis Colts after kind of an interesting run with them. He was phenomenal as the offensive coordinator with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady and the Patriots. And now it is Frank in charge of a Carolina Panthers team that's got great running backs, really good receivers, a good offensive line, I think an above-average defense, but no quarterback. Mm, so he's back where he started. Yeah. He's back where he started as a player with, with Carolina back in 1995. Well, hold uh, on a second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait out there, youngin. Um, <laughs> if you're going to think of him as a player, you think of him with the Bills. He was there from 85 to 94. He was the guy that uh, did the greatest comeback in playoff history. Of all time. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the Houston Oilers losing to the Buffalo Bills, but yes. Marvelous backup for Jim Kelly. Hell yeah. Oh, look at you. Look at you pretending like you're right in the early 90s. I love it. Uh, I uh, I know my team a bit. Yeah. It's not a bad job. It's not a bad job because what if Tom Brady leaves Tampa? You know, that division was horrible last year. Carolina easily could have won the NFC South last season. And now Frank Reich takes over where, you know, I, I, I look at this squad and... You know, just how much uh, when, when they get healthy next year. But again, everything's still going to come down to who are they going to get at quarterback. That, that's the question that we all want to answer. Like, you kind yeah. of felt for him, Matt Rule gone, one and four. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you post up a three, five, and one record. What are you going to do next? And yeah. are the Panthers going to go on more of the, the draft route on, hey, there's some really good names up atop, like, Will Levi, C.J. Strude. Like, these are guys that you can pick a number nine that might fall right in your lap. Yeah. is that? Well, by the way, is that where the Panthers, who finished 7-10, they're drafting ninth this year? I believe it is still the ninth spot, yeah. I believe it's the ninth okay. spot. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, so, yeah, Frank Reich taking over there. And now all eyes, again, turn to what's going to happen with Sean Payton. And there's, you know, a couple other coaching jobs opening. Also, um, Paul uh, Hackett, Nathaniel, excuse me. Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, now the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Insert your jokes here. Wait, Matt, not Nate, right? Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel. Yeah, not Nate. No, heaven forbid you call him Nate. Again, I've said before, he'd be a much more successful coach if he was Nate. Nathaniel, he sounds like he's going to do pistols at dawn and wear a powdered wig. And there was All some, right. Well, sorry, before yeah. we go, Matt, yeah. there was some other topics around the Jets where yeah. they're chasing a vet quarterback with the addition of Nathaniel Hockett stepping in. Who are they chasing? Who are, they, are they going after Brady? Uh, well, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. A lot. Yesterday. Oh, that's right. It's yes, yeah. It was what Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. You you know what? I hadn't even put those two together. No, I hadn't even put those together. Does does Hackett go in there? Does that help lead the way, or at least uh, make a greater possibility of Aaron Rodgers doing the foolish thing by following in Brett Favre's footsteps by leaving Green Bay to go to the New York Jets? We'll take a break, and on the other side, let's get into a little bit of what we saw last night from the Maple Leafs in a very impressive win, uh, an impressive overtime goal by Mitch Marner. We'll do that next right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. It's brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. By the way, that line is jumping all over in the 
AFC Championship game where now the Kansas City Chiefs are back to being a one-point favorite. And I think this is strictly because we're now seeing video of Patrick Mahomes walking without a limp, and he's come out and said he was a full participant in practice yesterday. He said he's ready to go. Now that is obviously bravado. I think it, I think it was, Sir Josh, the video, just people watching him walk on the field without limping. Yeah. I think that swung the line from the Bengals favored by a point and a half back to Kansas City favored by one. Oh, there was some video that circulated of him on the field, looked pretty good, yeah. didn't really look... Like he had any ankle problems, like you would have guessed that's all. That's that's our guy right there. Um, he looked really good in all those videos. But it's different in a game setting. Um, even walking off in that media presser, you can add a lot. When all the cameras are on you, you're gonna you're gonna bear through it, right? So Oh yeah. Looking at those videos and seeing how he was performing in practice, I'd say it's like a seventy thirty that he's okay. Like I think that's like a fair but- estimate here. This is one of the unintended consequences of more people getting into sports betting. We are now watching practice walkthroughs, and we're just watching to see the gate of a quarterback because that is going to swing lines. That is going to swing thousands and thousands of dollars. Moving over to the uh, Maple Leafs, uh, an impressive way, kind of a uh, kind of a sleepy game last night, beating the Rangers three two. Certainly sleepy in parts. And but good on Toronto. They they trailed to one. Um, you know they they could be a little deflated at the end of the third when Tavares a great shot hits the post. But the main thing there was once again the play of Elias Samsonov, twenty seven saves on twenty nine shots. Let's hear from the head coach. Here's Sheldon Keefe talking about Samsonov, and not just really about last night. Now you look at, at Samsonov and just his ridiculous record at home. I mean, the guy is like 14-0-1 at home. That's ridiculous. Here's uh, the head coach. Yeah, we, we believe in him, and we have high expectations. Like, nobody expects anybody to have a record like that. You know, it's, it's quite remarkable. And obviously, it speaks a lot to his play, speaks a lot to our team's play. Just the same. But, you know, this is uh, another tough game for him, right? Just margin for error is pretty thin, and you've got elite goaltender, and a countryman of his down on the other end, not unlike he did against the Islanders the other night. And I thought in both in both cases he stood his ground and gave us opportunity to win the game. So, yeah, I mean, is he exceeding expectations? We have high expectations. We really believe in him and his ability. Then what you notice is really, and I think, Josh, this is fair, the first goal by Heedle, by Philippe Heedle, right off the faceoff. Yeah. That's one that Samsonov, eh, that's a save you got to make. But that second goal, that was all about just, I think, I count at least three chances the Leafs had to clear it. Yeah. Uh, bad by Matthews and Giordano. That goal, I don't put on Samsonov. But overall, Another great performance by the Leafs goaltender, and overall defensively, there was you know there was a couple you know opportunities, the Kreider one, but overall yeah. I thought it was a, a fairly good game defensively and from the Leafs netminder. Yeah, absolutely, he's been absolutely sizzling, uh, stopping twenty-seven to twenty-nine. That's a good sign, and you know the quote: "You got to be lucky to be good, and good to be lucky." There are some chances that the Rangers had yep. that whoa. How is that deflection not going in? Or you just had an empty net, and you're not scoring that, but. Probably the Leafs wouldn't have made it to overtime if it wasn't for Ilya Samsonov. 
Yep, 100%. And by the way, luck goes both ways. The Rangers, one reason they got even one point last night was because Tavares hit the post with like a second and a half left in the third. Uh, one final thought on this game. It was a nice mix on offense of depth and stars. That first goal was all, that was a fourth line goal that looked like a first line goal by, by Pontus Holmberg. Yeah. Uh, it was just, just unexpected rush goal. Crazy speed by him and just streaking down the ice, scoring on the back end. Joey Anderson, who's played like, hasn't played since just around Christmas with a great pass, got started by yeah. Kerfoot. The unexpected fourth line rush goal was a thing of beauty. It certainly was. I've always told playing hockey, a good backhand will always go in. That is the truthful <laughs> note. And what a goal. That was, that was. was totally impressive. Holmberg's, yeah. Holmberg's made his mark on this lineup. Like, we look at the, the talk of like the Matthews, Nylander, Marner line going and, uh, what they're going to do with the forward lines. John Tavares keeping it up, um, with, the amount of shots he's put it up, eight in the last two games. So that's an impressive note. But we have to look at the the depth, the, the Alex Kerfoots, the Bobby McMahons. Like, these are the guys that are driving this team forward. And um, in a game against Ottawa tomorrow night, like, let's see if they can continue this with possibly Matt Murray between the pipes. And Lilligren scored to tie it at two, a little more depth. And then after that, it was Mitch Marner getting it done in overtime. Coming up on the other side, Wesley Chang is going to join the show. And we will talk about just the ridiculousness last night in the NBA. The Raptors' third quarter, Damian Lillard scored 60 on how few shots? And the brouhaha that was the Nets and Philly. That's coming up next right here on Gameplay. Now, whenever you hear this music, it means one thing. It means Wesley Chang, our betting and fantasy analyst from TSN Edge, is uh, joining us on the show as he is right now. Good afternoon, Wesley. Thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Cause. Oh, it's great to hear the, the walk-in music for the first That's time. Right. That, that was yeah. a nice touch. I like that. You know what? We try to be nice to our guests around here. You know, we, we put out a good charcuterie board that does not have chicken wings on it. Uh, we offer a wide variety of drinks, and we keep the temperature somewhere comfortable. So uh, a lot of places to go to, and this one's not really a fantasy one. It's more just a basketball one, but there's certainly anything that happens on the court has betting or fantasy implications. But just your thoughts on the Raptors uh, last night overall, and especially a third quarter where the Raptors kind of looked like the Raptors defensively, and that's something we haven't seen much this season. Yeah, doesn't it feel like a little bit of uh, a little too uh, a little too late at this point of the yes. point of the season? Yeah, yes. it's a shame. Uh, they look so good. I, uh, I I can't I can't believe it's it's actually real, but. Um, where was this? The first like forty-five games of the year. Yeah. Oh, I know. It couldn't couldn't see it anywhere. And the funny thing is, is that last yesterday on this show, I told everyone. You know, we did uh, we did a Homer uh, FanDuel parlay, and it was uh, I took the under for the Leafs and uh, Leafs and Rangers. We won that, and I said take the over in Kings and Raptors. <laughs> I was loud wrong about that last night. Uh, probably you and everyone else. I mean, the yeah. Raptors have been on a run, right? Like, the defense the defense hasn't been great. I, I'm trying to look at the numbers again. I think they've gone over something like 7 of the last 10, 8 of the last 10, like a crazy number on the total. Um, and the way we've been setting up a lot of these SGPs on the broadcast, we've been cherry-picking 
certain elements of the Raptors' defense to go after. Because, to be frank, even though they've won a good number of these games, the defense has been the problem. So yeah. we've been trying to go like Julius Randle overs. Uh, we picked uh, R.J. Barrett at one point to go over. Um, now we're just trying to find all these spots that we thought matched up with the challenges the Raptors' defense was having. And then, you know, like you said, last night, they pretty much plugged almost all those holes. And it was a really good game. It, it was actually just beautiful to watch. Yeah, it, it really was. It's funny. It's actually probably, like, in, unless, you know, you got Sabonis uh, starting last night. Last night really wasn't about fantasy. It was more just about basketball. And, and you kind of said maybe it's a little too little too late. I think games like last night just once again, um, it, in some ways I took joy out of it. I rewatched the third quarter this morning. It brought me joy. But then, and then it, almost yeah. immediately it made me upset again. I'm like, wait a minute, where was this? We've been looking for this all year. I mean, again, we've been doing betting content on the Raptors for this full season. It's been the most frustrating year to be getting up and running on betting stuff because, you know, we don't know what version of them are going to show up every night, right? And so this version, love to see it. I I think, I mean, it was the first game of this seven, you know, the seven-game West Coast trip. I think there was, uh, there must have been a very clear, like, team focus that that's the end that we're going to really pick things up on. And they... It, they just looked very cohesive. They had a very clear plan for how they wanted to swarm and bother Sabonis, and it basically broke everything down for them. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it was a good showing, and hopefully it carries over. It's like I don't know if you remember last year. Last year the Raptors had an exceptionally good run on this West Coast trip, which kind of, like, turned the tide of the season. Again, I still think it's a little too late, but who knows? They go 5-2 and two on this? They go, you know, four and three even. I think that's a success given the way things have gone for them. Yeah, it's good. It's funny to, to watch. You're almost going to like keep an eye to see if the Raptors continue these proper, uh, just proper ways of playing defense, and maybe that impacts. Maybe you start looking at taking some more unders and, and opponent unders as well. But that's something we'll have to wait and see on. Uh, if we're going to go fa- from a fantasy perspective, even just a basketball perspective, your thoughts on Damian Lillard? He scored sixty points. He only needed twenty. He needed twenty nine shots and only ten free throws to get to sixty in their win over Utah. Yeah, I'm such a fan of this guy overall. And, you know, last year, um, as he was going through a lot of his struggles, I don't think people realized that he was dealing with an injury um, that obviously was keeping him down. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, he had to ultimately sit out. But we're getting to see the healthy version of him now. And I think even at his age, he's not young, he's 32. um, He's still proving to people, you know, it's – it's an easy game for him if he's got his shot going. He's just one of these – I mean, he's just kind of underrated, actually, I think, sometimes when you have some of these shooters like Steph Curry, all-time great. But Dame very clearly says if it wasn't for Steph, he'd classify himself as the second-greatest shooter of all time. But then the other part about his game that was missing, I'd say, early on, because of his injury, he wasn't as explosive as he has traditionally been. Now that he's getting healthy, if you really watch the game film, like he can carve up almost any defense and get himself to the rim at will. It's just dependent on whether or not they overload on him. Do they put too much, you know, too many defenders on him? And in that situation, then he'll just, you know, dish it out, find, make the right play, right? He's had three double-doubles, I think, in the last four games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that, like, 
You can honestly make the claim that Damian Lillard is underrated because, A, he's been in a small market team, B, not a lot of playoff success, C, those games are on super late. How many people even watched last night's Raptors-Sacramento, certainly the, uh, the, the second half? And then you get overshadowed by Steph Curry. Like Damian Lillard, if he stays in Portland, in a lot of ways I admire that, he stays in Portland, he will go down as one of the one of the greatest superstars no one ever paid much attention to. Yeah, I, I'm without a doubt on that train. Like I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA, like hands down. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, thoughts on the return of Anthony Davis, the impact. He came off the bench last night in the win over the uh, Spurs. But just what, what do you think the return of, uh, of Anthony Davis means for either LeBron James player prop bets, win totals? Uh, you know, I mean, we're going to do something that's never done in sports media. We're going to talk about LeBron and the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, um, don't forget Anthony Davis, before he went down, he was the number one player. Um, in fantasy, and that's he's still really? rated that. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. It's the defensive, it's the defense contributions. So he was he was putting up like 3.5 steals and blocks, um, and his percentages were off the charts. And one of the other reasons, okay, so this really like, just we're getting nerdy now, but one of the reasons why in fantasy he's really uh, valuable, he doesn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So unlike a lot of these other superstars, three plus turnovers a game, Davis was averaging 1.9. So he was really good about taking care of the ball. But um, with him back in the lineup now, how does it affect LeBron? The way I would play that is without a doubt going after. There's two ways you can do it. You go under on LeBron's points and just say, like, you expect LeBron to cool down. Or you think LeBron's just become a much more effective passer than you go after his assist. But it's one of those two levers. Whichever one you like, I don't think it matters. Um, yeah. But that's the impact. That's the impact I think you use play it right away. LeBron's point props have been kind of psychotic. They've been like 33, 34 and a half points per game. Um, that's been the over-under. That's not a sustainable number. So um, if, they're, if those numbers are still kind of left hanging there, I think those are good opportunities to take the under on LeBron. He just doesn't have to do as much as he's been doing of late. And, um, yeah, Anthony Davis being back, I actually – I'm actually thinking the Lakers have a legitimate chance to make some noise. Um, the trade for Hachimura, I think, is a little bit of an indicator. Uh, it's, a, it's not a big move, but it's a little bit no. telling about what direction they want to take with this season. At the very, at the very least, if someone wants to go and uh, and bet on, like, if you want to, the, the Lakers to uh, to win the West at twenty eight to one, I think I'm going to try to find something of you know making it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, maybe that's where you want to look for value. Hey, uh, Wesley, um, a random game that people wouldn't normally bet on, but I want to get your thoughts on this. And this is only because last night. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the Nets 137-133. This game is nuts. 45 fouls, 7 technicals, uh, uh, 63 free throws, 27 turnovers. There was a partridge in a pear tree. Like, it was this crazy-ass game. And now Brooklyn's got to play tonight. I'm thinking of taking the Pistons' money line to win outright at uh, basically 3-1. to one. Your thoughts on that as a YOLO underdog bet? Oh, I like that. I mean, I, okay, I like the qualitative take on that, right? Like down spot, they, all this energy going into a game that they clearly cared about. Um, again, I don't. I just don't like the Pistons this year. I think they're porous on defense. Um, but yeah, who? I mean, who knows? Rest advantage, maybe 
yeah, maybe the Nets sleep a little bit in this game and they don't uh, they don't wake up for it the way they were trying to steal that one in Philadelphia. But uh, also, also, if I can if I can add, no Durant, Ben Simmons. I know everyone's like, hey, look, he he got he got twelve points all in the second half. He still <laughs> pa- he passed up on so many good shots. Oh my god, he, I know. He, he had the worst plus minus. I know that stat tells it only one truth and many lies, but he was on the bench when the Nets went on an 18-4 run, which tells me it's basically Kyrie and a couple good role players. I'm telling you, I think I'm going to put a couple bucks down. This is upset city Pistons beating the Nets. It's, it's like right up Dwayne Casey's alley to win these type of games, I think. But uh, you know what yeah, you need? So, okay, so, uh, how I'd parlay that, I guarantee if the Pistons pull this one off the way you're describing it, Boyan Bogdanovich has to hit, like, four plus three. Mm, mm. Like, you know, because he's such a critical part of their offense, right? Because everybody yeah. obviously know, you know, no Cade, you know, Corey, even Corey Joseph. He's banged up. That doesn't help, right? But um, Boyan, I think they're, they're going to let him get his shots up, especially because he's being floated around so heavily in trade rumors. Don't be surprised if he has a big night if you want to play, you know, the narrative card that you have. Why not? Why not go after Boyan? Uh, he's, 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 you ready? Uh, yeah, hit me. You're, you ready for this? On FanDuel. Uh, Boyan to score 25 points or more. Pistons on the money line. $5 pays me 36 bucks. That's the opposite <laughs> of all my cowardly bets. That's pretty good. You know what? Hey, shout out to you. Boyan, he's had a 33, 25, and a 27 over his last four games. So, you know, he's clearly putting up buckets. Uh, yeah, why not? I don't see any reason not to. You know, they got nothing to lose. I hear you. Yeah, exactly. That was a game, though. Did you watch any of that game, the Brooklyn Philly I- game? I just saw I just saw the highlights. Uh, Raptors were on, Leafs were on, yeah. so my night was pretty busy. Yeah, that that game though was without a doubt the game of the night. It was intense, and um, you know that was the first. I, if I recall, I could be. Uh, I hope I'm not getting this wrong. Simmons' first game playing in Philadelphia like that. They were they were really giving it to him, man. Uh, every oh, yeah. time he touched the ball, it was so good. Loved it. Loved it. Oh yeah. Love this as well. All right. Uh, one last question for you. Joined by Wesley Chang, betting fantasy analyst with TSN Edge. I saw this from the ringer. Nikolai Jokic is averaging a near triple-double and shooting 60% in his worst games this season. So his bad games, those are sort of the numbers he's putting up. Have you come around? Is it now Jokic's to lose for the MVP? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen any of those hits I do on SportsCenter with Kara. I had this yes, one back in December where I, uh, I basically was saying just That's no right. You chance. apologized. You apologized, yeah. I believe. Oh, man. Yeah. Cause, man, I'm going to eat it bad. I'm going to eat it really <laughs> bad, man. I think Jokic, um, deserve it. Like the way things are going right now, he's supposed to win this award. Yeah. Now, things, like, don't get me wrong. There's still 30 games to go. Like a lot can change, right? Um, yep. but if the season stopped right now, it, it would be really, really disrespectful not to give him the award. But, you know, like, I'm, I call me like an old head, whatever you want to say. Uh, it's the historical context that I, I couldn't get over back when I first made that claim in December. I just like, you know, LeBron, they took it away from LeBron when Derrick Rose got MVP that year. LeBron was equally deserving. And MJ had it happen to him twice. You know what I mean? Uh, once with Barkley, once with Malone. So I was just like, you yep. know, I, I just didn't think the NBA, like given, you know, their their kind of respect for history, I didn't think they were going to do that. Or I thought the writers would pay more respect to that. But Jokic has 
shattered every expectation um, this season. So, you know, shout out to him. I, I got to eat my words, right? So he, he's on pace to win it. And you know what? If all things, you know, Saturday's therapist here, yeah, he probably does win the award. And I don't think anybody would be uh, too upset. Except for Joel Embiid. Uh, Wesley, always appreciate. Thank you for joining the show today. Hey, God, thanks for having me. Take care. Check out the man's work at tsn.ca slash edge. All right, coming up on the side, it is the sports version of F. Mary Kill and Stardom Sin of Cut'em. We do that next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy. Oh, now you got to let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Today we're going to have you play a fun little game called Mary Kill. Oh, wow. For this game, we'll show you pictures of three people, and you have to decide which one you want to have sex with, which you'd marry, and which one you'd kill. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matt Cause We do it each and every Thursday. It is time now for F. Mary Kill, which we like to call stardom. Sit him, cut him. Producer Josh, what do we got, my friend? Maddie, are you ready? Uh, I heard your little displeasure there after yeah. the sting that just came into the segment. Yeah, um, stupid. Okay, yeah, Christoph Bamona created that sting, promoting the fact you can watch the NFC or listen to the NFC Championship game on TSN 1050, and he has to make a mention that the Eagles destroyed my Giants not once, not twice, but thrice. Bleep that, man, and uh, the Rubber Boots podcast stinks. James Duffy stinks. Christoph Bamona stinks. I like everyone else that's part of that podcast, but those two guys, they're dead to me. That was a little out of pocket. Way too out of pocket. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Happy 62nd birthday to Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that's right. And Matt, if we're going to talk about his most wild stats that the great oh. one has achieved in his career, start, yeah. sit, cut these. Okay. So number one, fastest 50 goal score. So 50 goals in 39 games. Yep. Number two, yeah. most 200 or more point seasons with yep. four. Or yep. the longest consecutive point scoring streak at 51 games. Okay, I'm going to. Okay, this, the crazy thing about this is whatever one you cut is an incredible record. I am going to cut fastest to 50 goals at 39 games. That's ridiculous. I'm then I'm going to sit longest consecutive streak with with, with a point with uh, with 51, but I'm going to start most 200 point seasons. We may never see a 200 point season again. I I don't think we will. I don't think we'll ever see a 200 point season as long as we are alive. Like unless Connor Bedard is on is 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 sitting on the shoulders of Connor McDavid. Unless somehow Connor McDavid and, and Connor Bedard find a way to breed and create Super Connor. And of course, this goes against the laws of of science and and, and biology and everything. And now I'm talking crazy talk. But unless we get Connor on Connor, no one's getting 200 points in a season. I'm going that for my start. Unless you put them in like a, a scientific lab and make an Just ultimate that, Connor. Yes. yes. Put I'll put I'll put both Connors. And find a way to, to merge them into one super Connor. That's the only way it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. Connor McDavid at 89 points yeah. in 49 games. So if there's any player that can achieve 200 points in this era, 
It's, it's Connor McDavid. Like, there's no doubt I'll about say. it. Was going to ask yeah. you a Vince Carter question, but we'll move on. Uh, I heard your right. uh, <laughs> heard your taste there at the start of the show, so we'll move yeah. on. Happy birthday, to Vince Wait, Carter! Man. Though yeah. <laughs> NBA All Star starters named this evening on TNT's broadcast. Oh. We've seen LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo as captains at the All-Star Game in recent history. But if yep. the NBA went, a, went with a different route and named a different captain per year, would you yeah. want to see Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, or Joel Embiid start sit cut for entertainment? Ooh. Entertainment. Thank you for saying that. I'm cutting. Uh, I'm cu- Okay, I'm starting Joel Embiid. If this is pure entertainment... He can be a troll. I remember as a rookie, he was like tweeting at Rihanna to see if she would go out on a date with him. So I'm going to start Embiid. Do we know anything about, you know what? I'm going to sit Jokic, not because of him, but because of his crazy brothers. And if they somehow showed up, then Bleep could go down. And I'm going to cut Luka Doncic, who would be great um, in terms of the pregame meal and the postgame meal. And the and uh, in between quarters meals, but if I got to get someone, I'm going to cut Luca. <laughs> e- either which one will have uh, their own little twist to it. Before we move on, Joel Embiid, yeah. like that yeah. man, he was trolling. He was trolling last night. Like, did He's you see the celebrations? Trolling. Like, he was he was going off. He was pulling like the uh, yeah. the old WWE celebrations on the court. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got yeah, a feel yeah. for Ben Simmons he, he, back in that environment. Oof. Well, God, we could do a whole show on Ben Simmons. By the way, Embiid goes from sometimes I find what he does hilarious. Other times he just seems like a man child. Really depends on the day of the week. Depends on the day of, day of the week with him. He's, uh, we know in the city of Toronto, uh, not really liked, to, to say it bluntly. No. No. Damian Lillard goes off for 60 yes. points last night. Water performance, joining a list of five players only with four or more 60-point performances. And Lillard has been categorized as one of the most loyal players in the league. So yep. start, sit, cut. The likelihood percentage of these players staying with their respective team for the rest of their career. Gotcha. Number one, Damian Lillard. Number yep. two, Steph Curry. Or number three, yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, I think Steph is most likely because he is the oldest of those three. So he's got the shortest time left and... He just the relationship he has with that town is incredible. I mean, they all have a great relationship. So, but I'm going to start him. Oh God, this is tough. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit Damien, and I'm going to cut Giannis. Portland is more likely to go full rebuild. The Bucks, you know, they, I yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to cut Giannis. Sit Damien. Start Steph. The start is easy. The sit and the cut, those two are hard. Those two, you can make a case for either which. Like, once, if, Gian, if Giannis Antetokounmpo wins another championship with Milwaukee and wants to take his talent somewhere else, then that's the real question. Yeah. Right? So yep. that, you make a good case for either. Okay, let's go to the NFL, Matt. Yeah. Brock Purdy, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker. Name the finalists for the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who's the second one after Brock Purdy? Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. Um, okay. Um, I, I, sorry, yeah. I'll, frame, I'll frame the question. It was, uh, yeah. um, who's going to have a better career of the three? I'm going to start Garrett Wilson. I'm going to sit 
Brock Purdy, and I'm going to cut Kenneth Walker. Kenneth, you are a young running back getting lots of work. Enjoy retirement four years from now. Brock Purdy, as long as you stay in San Fran, you can become a star. Not sure about anywhere else, but Garrett Wilson, this guy's got a chance to be a 13-, 1,500-yard receiver for the next decade. He absolutely does, and you got to feel for running backs because we kind of put them down like, oh, will injury uh, impact them? That's the only problem. Yeah. I know. Last question here, a little off the topic of sports. So the Western Michigan Whitecaps, the yes, high-A affiliate... This. Of the Detroit Tigers, the West Michigan Whitecaps, put out a fan vote of food in the stands. And it was hard to decipher which ones I'm going to pick here that the fans had to send in their own vote. Like, here's your ideas, put them in a Google, like a Google form. And what do you want to see at the games? So start, sit, cut on what you eat first. Okay. A Kit Kat dog. Okay, yep. Love it. A deep-fried cheesecake, or I've never even seen or heard of this in my life, Kool-Aid pickles. <laughs> okay, Kool-Aid pickles are getting cut immediately. I am not a pickle guy, and Kool-Aid is just red uh, is red, li- red liquid sugar. So the tough thing here is I love a good Kit Kat. But what's a Kit Kat dog? Is that the is is it is it chocolate mixed with hot dog? That scares me. I, I, I I'm think so. That. It's kind yeah, of so disgusting. I will sit that. I'm going to start the deep fried cheesecake. But the key is, I need to know ahead of time. I'm going to order this so I don't eat four days leading up to it because a deep fried cheesecake is going to put an anchor, a food anchor, in my belly that'll be impossible to get rid of. See some baseball and have some stomach oh. issues at the end of it. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm napping. That, by the way, the, the, the sixth inning stretch or the seventh inning stretch, I'm, uh, I'm going to be sitting down. I will not be doing any stretching <laughs> if I had that deep fried cheesecake. <laughs> All right. Good, good job by you. Good list by you there, producer Josh. On the Thank other you. side, Mark, Mark Ross from the NFL Network, former uh, VP of player evaluation for the Giants, won two Super Bowls with the Giants, was a scout for about 20 years. Mark Ross will help get you set for the NFC AFC Championship games next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.